Hello. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Welcome. Um, so glad to have you here. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, sure. I'm glad to be here. Hey, my name is Emma Huerta. Um, I'm a senior at Cooper City High. I can say that, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm also the online editor-in-chief of The Lariat, which is where I met Nikki, actually, and I'm super excited to be here. Yay, okay. So, you know our topic today, which is capitalism versus socialism, um, a pretty important topic. Um, Donald Trump has been referring to it a lot, um, saying that Joe Biden, if elected, will turn the country into a socialist country. So, I just wanted to um, clear something up, some things up. Um, of course, not denouncing um, or promoting either uh, party or candidate, um, just to inform people what it is um, and to get a further uh, spectrum on the political ideology. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, I guess to get started, um, socialism, how would you define it? So these two topics, I just kind of want to start by saying are, mm -hmm. they tend to be really difficult to understand, especially since the theories themselves are really intricate. They involve a lot of things. So sometimes pinpointing a specific textbook definition is, is hard. But for the most part, socialism is basically a political slash economic theory. It incorporates both of, both of those things in which um, basically the, the means of production, which just means like, the buying and selling of goods to make profit and stuff like that is publicly owned for the most part rather than privately owned like it is in a capitalist system. And this entails a lot of other things, um, but the main part is that the means of production are publicly owned and um, the government is basically managing this on a wider scale. Yeah, so basically again summing it up, it's like all the citizens share everything that's given out by the government, um, super, super simply. There's of course like more um, depth to it and spectrums of it because socialism comes on a very, very um, wide array, which we'll talk about today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, socialism also like plays a little bit more into a playing, like an even playing field. And that's not like a biased opinion or anything. That's just a fact because um, the government um, allocates equal resources to every citizen that raises taxes, which is one of the major cons of um, socialism, something that um, Donald Trump really wants to avoid and a lot of people um, from the GOP um, as a whole. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm -hmm. um, as well as socialism, it refers to a more like egalitarian approach. Um, if you don't know what that means, it means like, all the people are entitled to like equal rights, equal housing, equal opportunities. So that comes from like free college, free healthcare. So um, yeah, the socialism refers to like an egalitarian approach. Yeah, um, definitely. So yeah, um, capitalism, um, something that you, the United States um, and several other um, successful and unsuccessful countries are a part of. Um, so what is capitalism? Yeah, so capitalism dif differs from socialism in its private ownership of uh, the means of production. So basically the economy is kind of controlled by specific entities, not managed necessarily as much by the government in those respects. So again, those sectors of life are privately owned. Um, it also incorporates the laissez-faire in French. It's a fancy term for just saying like the free market system in which people can kind of just have the freedom to build their own wealth and kind of own it for themselves rather than having a publicly shared system. Yeah, 
Um, and this again might sound biased, but again, it's just a fact. Um, capitalism creates economic inequality, and that yeah. which um, the rich can get richer in a capitalist society, and the poor get poorer, and the middle class also gets poorer. Um, so a lot of people um, uh, use this um, market system as a way um, to promote the inequality. Um, this makes um, this also doesn't deter from like civil rights as well. This is just economic. Um, some people would probably disagree, but um, in that regard, it's just economic inequality. Um, so yeah, I guess um, using more um, French terms, I believe it's French. Um, there's the difference between the bourgeoisie and the proletariat. Yeah. Um, the bourgeoisie um, is the top of the economy, um, the rich people, um, and they control the means of production, which Emma uh, referred to earlier, where um, they will like own the factories and they will own like the things um, that are creating goods. Um, and the proletariat are the people that will work that will work um, in the factories that the bourgeoisie owns. Um, and the yeah. proletariat is like often known to have like low wages and bad conditions. And this is seen um, in societies today, like in sweatshops. Yeah. Um, sweatshops are like um, where a lot of women and children will, will work um, on like manufactured goods, like particularly clothing um, to um, for cheap labor and uh, very low wages. Um, particularly like China is one. Yeah. Um, pretty much everything that you'll have in your house is from China and from like these sweatshops where um, labor um, costs are very low. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, also uh, with capitalism comes like government exploitation and like the difference between like the employer and the employee. How would you describe that? Right, so meaning like the difference between like the employer like basically having yeah like the difference in like status right right so with people like privately owning the means of production especially like those at the higher ups they have i would say like more economic um kind of like rights over their em employees they kind of have like more stances especially um workplaces that aren't unionized um in fact like the idea of of unions in in work job basically where the employees kind of group together and the laborers group together um, as a form of protection against the exploitation of their employer. That kind of stems from the socialist idea, um, especially in like the industrial revolution. So when it comes in like capitalist, more capitalistly geared societies, this relationship between the employer and the employee, um, there's a huge gap in between them. So the employee has um, less opportunity, I would say less opportunity for the growth of wealth, especially as they're kind of um, economically controlled in a sense by their employer that has um, way more economic strength and ability to get that higher wealth, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and speaking of like the inequality, um, the employers don't have to work about like, um, don't have to worry about like a sustainable job um, since they're the ones that are supplying these yeah. jobs um, and the workers um, have to supply the demand of the jobs. And if there are too many, that also leads to even lower wages, uh, which for some of these people aren't even really possible to get lower than what they are now. Yeah, um, yeah. This is kind of where you see also like the different um, objectives almost of these two polarized systems on the one hand you have like capitalism that wants to produce as much wealth as possible for a nation on the other hand i think the more socialist ideas are kind of geared towards that equality that everyone has what they're what they need 
um, in order to survive like those basic human um, rights to basic wealth in a sense. So they, like you said, they both have like their pros and cons, not to gear to any um, side of the, of the coin per se. Um, but in these examples, especially like between the, the gap between the employer and the employee, you really see where the two objectives of these two ideas um, differ greatest. Yeah, um, definitely. Capitalism also like focuses on GDP, which if you don't know what that stands for, that stands for the gross domestic product, which is basically um, how much, like how many things the government, not the government, the people um, of a society create. Um, and this usually goes out to um, other countries. For example, China um, will send out a whole bunch of stuff um, rather than sustaining it for themselves, mm-hmm. uh, while um, other China is also very complicated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> while like socialist um, countries will usually use those materials for themselves, um, and the government will own it and distribute it. So those are that's one example of. Um, how they like sustain themselves, I guess. Right, um, yeah. So um, some capitalist countries, there's a range of successful and unsuccessful ones. Like there's Canada, Germany, Japan, South Korea, which is also definitely complicated. <laughs> um, and yeah. then there's like the lesser successful, like Bangladesh and sometimes India, that country differs a lot. Um, and Chile, uh, which is growing um, into successful. So like, what would you describe to be um, a utopian capitalist, like work, working very well um, um, in that capitalist um, ideology. Like, what, like, how would you describe a country that worked perfectly in capitalism? Well, um, first of all, like, I would say that none of the economies in present day kind of gear like completely socialist, completely communist, or completely mm-hmm. capitalist. I feel like all economies, especially in the U.S., believe it or not. We have very mixed versions and again this kind of just incorporates like all those values of life rather than just like the economic standpoint you also have like the social standpoint with like um welfare and things like that but i digress so um in terms of a successful more capitalist leaning country i would say that they wouldn't have they they shouldn't like um completely kind of eliminate regulation on private ownership of of wealth because um in a way like capitalism sort of thinks that like like the greed and like the the attaining of wealth will kind of contribute to um the well-being of a nation in terms of economic uh in the economic sense and that has its its attributions and its truthfulness to it but it also um kind of looks over the fact that this how far should this greedfulness and this greed go so in terms of a capitalist, like a fully functioning, more capitalist geared um, nation and, and country, I think they should uh, not completely steer away from co- uh, like eliminating regulation on um, the economy because otherwise you kind of let it go out of hand. And you let, for example, in the US, I believe it's like the top 1% that own 20% of the wealth or something along those lines. So you have you're probably right. Yeah, I, I think I saw it yesterday. It, like the number keeps going up in terms of how much wealth this mm-hmm. very, very small handful of people owns. And although it, it contributes to a nation's overall wealth and their overall success on like the GDP standpoint, um, it kind of looks over like the other people that are struggling, even though there's plenty to go around. So in terms of all of that, in conclusion, sort of, <laughs> 
<laughs> I would say that, again, countries that kind of lean towards the more capitalist side of the economic spectrum, they shouldn't completely look over those regulations being imposed on the private economies, on the private wealth owners and stuff like that, because otherwise you kind of let that greed, I, in my in my perspective, you let that greed kind of um, extend too far and ignore everyone else. Yeah, speaking of that greed, um, I know that this is also a fact. Jeff Bezos, the richest person on the planet, like close to a trillionaire at mm-hmm. this point, who makes literally Beyonce's net worth like in an hour, <laughs> um, can wipe out world hunger like at his yeah. own whim, which would be, um, of course, very costly. And I know it doesn't work like that because, like, I know he doesn't like have all of like the money that he has in his bank account because like a net worth doesn't work like that. That's just like how much a person would be worth, like hypothetically. Yeah. But like still like considering um the amount and like the ratio it would be he could wipe out world yeah. hunger and not even just for the u.s but like hunger all across the world if he wanted to so that also ties back with like the greed and how far it does go because of course um you know you want to have luxury for yourself and some people ha- like uh, prefer to have a more like illustrious lifestyle rather than others mm-hmm. but um you know that comes to a cost of the other people around you and socialism tries to um eliminate yeah. that and that's, of course, um, like a differing of opinion, like whether or not um, you should um, cherish other people's lives rather than your own. That's a whole separate, yeah, yeah. Um, physio- not physiological, <laughs> um, philosophical yeah. um, question. But um, again, it does definitely play into a part. Um, so like, let's take, again, South Korea, for example. South Korea is incredibly successful. Um, af- they have gone through Um, capitalism, communism, um, and have a socialism blend um, and all coexist together. Uh, Like the economic portion is capitalist. They have a socialist like social um, portion. They have a communist mindset um, with like a added, I guess, devotion to um, development of um, technology, Mm -hmm. which is how a lot of these um, capitalist countries become successful. For example, Japan, Israel, a whole like all of those all come from um, very economic um, technologically induced um, programs and that um, comes with a lot of GDP and mm-hmm. creation so that um, definitely comes with um, these factories and things like that going yeah. back to that um, so yeah um, now to socialist countries but not democratic socialists just like true socialism or as close as there has mm-hmm. been in the world because there really has never been a true socialist mm-hmm. country besides Venezuela because we'll get to that after because Donald Trump often refers to the failure of Venezuela yeah. and, af- and that's the reason why he's afraid of socialism so that will be a whole separate section but like Cuba, Vietnam, China, um, all of those um, close um, to socialist or as close as there has been what would you say about those? Right so again it, 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 this is kind of like where the intricacies and the complexities of the, the philosophy come into play. I would say that these countries that you mentioned, they're more so communist rather than socialist because um, the main difference between these two, they both have like the public ownership of wealth and the means of production, which we've mentioned a lot of times. Um, but in socialist countries, I would say that um, public, I mean, private pop- property still exists. So like you can still like own a house. That's like where I believe countries like Norway kind of gear towards that system. Rather, yeah. and and in contrast, like com- uh, 
communist countries, they kind of eradicate um, class systems. So like there's kind of no bourgeoisie versus proletariat conflicts. Um, they also eliminate um, private property. So like everything is kind of everyone's and they kind of allocate that in terms of need. So I would say those countries kind of gear towards that. Although, like you said, they don't really, no country really like truly embodies um, yeah. the, that kind of like ideology and that kind of system. Um, however, again, this is kind of where the differences come into play. You see like um, at, at times like these countries may or may not be as successful either due to like their own internal uh, governance, for example, like, um, I don't know, like sorts of like corruption, especially like in dictatorships and, and tyrannous and I don't even think that's a word, tyrannical um, uh, <laughs> source of power that kind of, again, even they, they kind of like go against the whole objective of the philosophy and they kind of yeah. gather everything for the government. So that's like where the argument comes in like how much power you're going to give to the government in terms of managing the pop, the public ownership of um, means of production. And at times it kind of contradicts what the philosophy means. Um, so that's one kind of reason why those systems may or may not work is like their internal organization and their internal um, government sort of. But you also often have like outer pressures. For example, you mentioned Cuba. Cuba has had uh, the U.S. embargo since I believe 1960, mm-hmm. meaning that they, yeah, meaning that they right. can't trade with um, the U.S. at all, and the U.S. is like literally their next door neighbor. So, and yeah. we have a huge economy, huge GDP across the world. So, having that resource cut off inevitably affects the economic situation of a country. Although they, there are also authoritative, authoritative and um, other political reasons for it's kind of like economic collapse but in some (laughs) yeah this uh, this is where why i say that and emphasize that it's like a really complex topic because there's just so many things involved Mm -hmm. but in some people tend to kind of blame the ideology for the reason why things are happening especially like you said president trump kind of pointing fingers at people in terms of socialists and communists and stuff like that and instilling that fear. And the fact of the matter is you can't just hone it down to one singular factor. There's just too many things to consider. Um, and this is just an ideology and the functioning of, ide- of that ideology ultimately depends on like the system of the country in, of, in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, that also brings us back to communism like as i said that um uh socialism is very like wide and vast like mm-hmm. swath of different like spectrums um for example that brings us back to like communism and marxist leninist yeah. like all of these are um different like communism um often refers to like um this is not definitely not like by any means like the only way that it's referred to but it's ha- typically has like an authoritarian dictator mm-hmm. attached to it um that's that's just kind of just what it's been um, attached to. Um, uh, and yeah, and then so I guess just trying to, you know, water it down that this doesn't go on yeah. for six hours. Um, that there are, um, that there really has never been an attempt of a true socialist um, yeah. country. There have been um, 
democratic socialist countries um, and democratic um, socialist leaders um, in our country, which we will mention um, soon. But as a uh, as a country as a whole, um, on the global scale, there's never been a true socialist country because it has never been tested. So by Donald Trump um, calling um, Joe Biden a socialist and a puppet um, is uh, not only factually wrong. Again, this is not trying not to be biased at all but it's not only factually wrong it's confusing Mm -hmm. the american people um and that's kind of what this is here for for, um to stop the confusion um because a lot of people will you know believe what the president says and at no fault of their own because he's you know the president um you try and believe you know what the commander-in-chief and what you're told to believe um just uh Mm -hmm. human instincts so like um believing that something is socialist when it never truly is um is yeah. inaccurate yeah. so um we'll get to like democratic socialism which is what he's more mm-hmm. likely referring to um, yeah. right now actually. before that um, if you don't mind so i just wanted to yeah again like just uh go like digress a little bit on that point you made about like there's never a really truly capitalist or socialist or communist nation so mm-hmm. in these countries that you talked about that are primarily communists like Cuba, South, uh, North Korea, Venezuela, stuff like that. Um, uh, they, mm-hmm. I don't think they've like completely eradicated the ownership of private pro- property. There's limited private property, mm-hmm. but the main reason why they kind of are given this umbrella term of socialist slash communist is because they have an expanded government regulation on all the means of production. Even though like socialist countries, like again, I mentioned Norway, they have not sometimes not entirely um, government regulated um, publicly owned means of production they have majority and then these communist countries basically control all of it Um, and again these Mm -hmm. lines are kind of blurred at times especially from the when they come from the same philosopher Um, so Mm -hmm. just clearing that up and especially in terms of politics and how that relates to the u.s is really important so yeah Yeah, Um, like North Korea is probably the closest that you can get um, in the Mm -hmm. world as of right now without owning um, private property. Um, Because people, you know, will always talk about the socialist, that's not the socialist, the social aspect of North Korea, you know, the whole government, um, TV, you know, journalism, all that. Yes. Um, However, like that is a major point um, about um, the country that a lot of people fail to recognize that even that country, as extreme as some people would believe um, as it is, that um, there still is um, private regulation. So again, um, going back to the democratic socialists, which is um, what Mm -hmm. I would consider at least um, less, and I quote, extreme (laughs) um, views, um, which which representatives and um, congressional um, members and um, others, um, I'm just gonna name a few like, um, and these still haven't like officially, um, besides one which I'll mention, um, came like out and said um, that they support um, Mm -hmm. this um, ideology, uh, would be Mm -hmm. like Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, um, AOC at times, Mm -hmm. um, Ilhan Omar, um, several others that are um, often getting um, in the news, particularly Fox yeah. News, um, and Joe Biden, not Joe Biden, and Trump's tweets. Um, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, then, um, 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's something else. <laughs> can do a whole episode but, um, on that. Um, you know, like referring, <laughs> yeah, referring to them as like mm-hmm. commies and socialists um, is also not accurate. And um, could you explain? Yeah, the for sure. Why? So, like you said, these people, and especially like now with the whole presidential election, I feel like he's attacking like the Democratic mm-hmm. nominees. Um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris for being socialist slash communist is how he talks about it, which is not true at all. <laughs> Just I want to put that out there, not ex- exerting any bias yeah. whatsoever, but it's not true. If you want to like look into the policy and the theory, it just doesn't line up. Um, but again, that just like where that mm-hmm. where that fear and where that kind of um, doubtfulness of like those political ideologies stems from is actually like way back in history. So kind of give like a mini history lesson. Basically, the ideas of socialism mm-hmm. and communism, they stem from, mostly from a philosopher called Karl Marx. He wrote uh, the Communist Manifesto, Das Kapital, just basically analyzing these situations, especially during the Industrial Revolution, which is when factories were booming all through Europe, Britain, Germany, stuff like that. And he was kind of seeing that these main private owners of the factories and those means of production, I quote again, um, they're ra- raking in all this wealth, whereas the the actual factory workers, the employees, are have huge rates of fatality. They're like choking on cotton every day. They're working mm-hmm. like bent down, like in the factories, like weaving cotton or whatever for like hours upon hours and not getting fair wages. So that's where the idea kind of stems from. And when it kind of like was getting or when people were kind of getting inspired by it from in the United States especially like I would say after the Civil War of course because it's like the same time period almost um, a lot of like farmers for example and, and regular civilians were displaced and and their work like the farms that they would work on they were displaced and, and stuff like that and affected because of the repercussions of the war they kind of sought out more government assistance which is kind of like a socialist uh lined up ideal if that makes sense like that just kind of giving like more government assistance because they were suffering from these repercussions of the war um and obviously when when you know the people are relying less on like buying goods and like relying more on on public goods like free goods the capitalists I, i would say like the the owners of this private um, the private economy and the private means of production are affected because they have like less customers, they have less wealth that they're raking in. So they start imposing like sort of like propaganda kind of stuff to kind of gear away people, regular people from asking the government, asking like for these more socialist lined ideals um, and leaning more towards the, the capitalist system. And then this just kind of transcended um, across like generations upon generations especially really being invigorated with like the cold war against russia not really like a war war but you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and like the red scare like especially in the um was the 20th century almost forgot my numbers um there's like the red scare and like people (laughs) constantly accusing each other of commies they even called um fdr President Roosevelt, socialist for like instilling yeah. social security and stuff like that in those programs because again, mm-hmm. although they're line from like that everyone contributing something and distributing based on, on need, that kind of socialist undertone, um, it, it's still not like a fully socialist country and they would still attack him for that. So 
again like that that fear stems from like histories of especially like the those private owners um kind of instilling that fear against something that would basically um gear wealth away from them and gear stuff like that it again super complicated but that's kind of the the summary of the whole history Mm -hmm. lesson (laughs) yeah and just like adding on like um communism and socialism and capitalism they're all again this is a relative Mm -hmm. term but recent ideals like recent in history um like communist china was not a thing before like the i believe it was like the 20s um perhaps it's probably off but um again like recent history so like these are not like all like old like the vietnam war was in the 60s like that's like comes from the whole like hippie movement like everything like that um it's like it all kind of relates more than people would think which is another reason why this episode um is pretty important um you learn about it more in history than you would think um it's tied to a lot of um a lot more reasons and um things um than people would probably think of um why like countries split up um because a lot of times in history you're taught like um the brief synopsis of um this whole separate thing like a brief synopsis of what like really happened but like for example like these um like ideologies are all again like pretty recent and not like out of dated so like before people would like Mm -hmm. assume like lead to assume that um then it's not so that's just some clarification yeah Um, so getting back on track um democratic socialist countries so like Mm -hmm. a lot of like scandinavia finland iceland (laughs) sweden um yes those countries um, the ones (laughs) that end in land all the time um those um are where a lot of um success comes from in this ideology of democratic socialism which is less radical um than um other socialist Mm -hmm. countries it's not communism um, mm-hmm. In fact, it's not even socialism. Um, it mostly deals with um, everyone getting social equality. So focusing on like schools and employment and um, labor and things like that. Like if you look up like um, mm-hmm. what's like the happiest country in the world or like what's the most like what <laughs> like what school, not what school, what country has the best education, best healthcare, things like that you will see these democratic socialist countries again not an opinion but rather a fact um so yeah would you like for sure so basically the premise that separates socialism communism and democratic socialism is more like of the political side of the ideology um although socialism itself differs from communism in that like the upheaval of power by like the proletariat the workers is different and communism it's like it kind of calls for a revolution, whereas socialism kind of leans towards a more dem- mm-hmm. democratic form and of organized government in terms of getting that power. Um, and these democratic socialist countries, they have the heavier en- influence, I would say, on that democratic process of having like a central government that also includes like the opinions of its people. Um, and with that being said, like you, like you repeated, it's like, it's not as radical as not not as um, socialist or communist per se. So, for example, in Scandinavia, mm-hmm. sure, it's like a more democratic socialist government. You have like higher taxes, for example. That's where like taking away from everyone, not taking away, but you know, yeah. extracting a little bit from everybody. 
mm-hmm. exactly ends up going yeah, back to exactly and in a certain um, regard adjusting to people's needs um, in terms of like education and, and healthcare and providing those those resources as, as in terms of like publicly owned stuff um, that that kind of aligns mm-hmm. with the socialism ideal whereas they also have a lot of opportunities for um, free market and and those more capitalist leaning ideals if you will like the ability to like make your own business and grow that wealth like on your own that privately owned mm-hmm. as well as like just the whole democratic government side of things i i think if i'm not mistaken yeah. i would say um scandinavia has like either like equal or slightly more abilities for like free market um involvement like as from like a, a person's perspective um like making your own, your own business like people are more successful in that country than they are even in the, the united states which is more capitalist than anything um so like that whole myth that you know in like these democratic socialist governments like you can't do anything you don't own anything it's just com- completely false um yeah 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 a lot of people, you know, consider the US to be the country that offers mm. the most opportunity, which mm-hmm. is why a lot of people do come to the US. However, um Sweden, I believe is also one of the it's not it's like probably um like maybe within fifth place. Um also has a huge mm-hmm. net immigration into their country because of the opportunity and because of the economic yeah. success and success and the welfare of its people so like um a lot of people do particularly sweden which is also a little bit more right. left leaning than the others um on the global spectrum um so yeah and like also um when you pay taxes a lot of people are like well where do these taxes go they go back to schools they go back to the roads and the street signs just kind of like in this society of democratic socialism however it's not to the extent but you know a lot mm-hmm. of people are throwing out free college free community college which is one of Joe Biden's um policies um which is probably where um Donald Trump gets this um <laughs> idea yeah. if i can even call it that of 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 Joe Biden being a socialist yeah. not even a democratic socialist but just a socialist um So yeah, and also an interesting point. This is probably going to get my opinion in there a little bit, but Walter Reed Hospital, yeah. which is where the president was treated yeah. for the um for his coronavirus and where presidents have been treated um as their hospitals mm-hmm. and where they've gotten their um uh, checkups for decades. A tradition um oh, it's entirely yeah. government yeah. government run and government funded, which is um so which a lot <laughs> of people don't know and I don't even think the president um knew. um being that he right. called it um and I quote incredible so um and he received incredible care so like um these things are not like all um these things like don't come at the cost of the people in that way as to where they're poor and like badly maintained as like mm-hmm. some people would consider like our schools to be and things like that um so like these hospitals and things like that are cared for when they do come from like funding like this. So like again throwing my opinion in there like a little bit but like um these do all work and yeah. there's several evidences of them all working and them all being successful. There's also evidences of them being all bad, uh, not all bad, but being mm-hmm. like bad in um certain countries. So and again it's an ideology so like no one can really be wrong on their ideology. Um so like um 
people need to be, I guess, yeah. a little bit more tolerant when it comes to that and when it comes to socialism and the socialist mm-hmm. scare, the Red Scare as it was, um, which is basically, if you don't know why it's called the Red Scare, it's because um, the communist logo is red. Um, it's commonly seen in North Korea still, which North Korea still isn't even truly communist, but they do like to promote themselves yeah. as being communist. Um, I don't really know why, but they do. Um, it's on a lot of their like propaganda if you've ever seen it. Um, so that's why it's called the Red Scare because it's called um, the communist like symbols. Right, and especially when it was like symbol Russia was, was red. Like, or the um, USSR, I should say, so, before it collapsed. I forgot what it stands mm-hmm. for, but basically it's like the United yeah. something Confederation mm-hmm. of Russia. It was like this huge, like, literally, yeah, exactly. Um, Soviet something. <laughs> yeah. So, like you said, especially like that's where that fact that there's no true capitalist, no true communist country that applies especially to to the United States. So people are really surprised to hear that like the library you, you go to, the store, the school you go to, the hospital that's owned by mm-hmm. the government, those are practically like socialist entities they're owned by the government they're paid by taxpayer dollars that basically encompasses what the ideology means and people won't completely look over that and they kind of um in a way sort of ignore like what they benefit from that and they benefit from those sources um so just like that whole mantra especially promoted now um in the presidential election that you have to pick like one or the other that if you're not, if you're a socialist, you're not American and stuff like that. It's just completely false. It just completely looks over the very practices and systems that we have in place today. Your social security would not be here if not for ideas stemming from that ideology. And call it whatever you want, insult it whatever you want, but in the end, that that those types of systems, especially here, they, they do give you some, it's kind of like a good investment in a way. Like you're putting something and in the end, you're gonna get something out of it, so. Yeah. It's just my two cents on on that side of the argument. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Um, so yeah, like the whole reason why a lot of people are scared exactly. of it, um, they don't really know what it is. Number one, um, they don't know like where they don't know that their actual taxpayer <laughs> dollars that you know. Let's not get into know. that. <laughs> but, um, they don't know that that's. <laughs> they don't know that that's where that goes to. Um, so yeah a lot of another reason why um they're scared is because of um venezuela and because of um how that is considered a failed state there's one um one key difference um besides the fact that number one it wasn't socialism but um is that it was under an authoritarian regime that was in that was insanely corrupt um where all like police officers were judge jury executioner there were mm-hmm. um, very poor um, rights of the people um, human rights violations like gross economic management but that doesn't have to do with the um, ideology of socialism as a whole that has to, that has to deal with the um, a yeah. lot deeper things besides socialism um, socialism is like what Donald Trump would consider to be like a surface mm-hmm. cause which is not true um, of um, the collapse, as some would consider, of um, Venezuela. So, would you like um, touch on why it wasn't like socialist and like what really? Yeah, truly well, was again, the like you mentioned, it's country? like super complex to get into it. And quite frankly, like I'm Cuban as well, so like mm-hmm. there's like a lot of um, 
backlash in my community like against like that whole ideology and stuff like that because again they just kind of point to it as like yeah. a primary cause when in reality there's just like so many other things to consider again like the the tyranny the authoritarianism plays a role because how are you going to have a system that its main purpose is to make everyone equi- equitable and like equal to each other when the government in and of itself is just like racking in like abnormal abnormal amounts of wealth in comparison to everyone else and again that's that's also i feel like what happened in venezuela like venezuela was like one of the top countries in, in latin america if not the top um yeah. and then but they just had like horrible transfers of, mm-hmm. pa- of power from like chavez to um maduro now and especially like his purposeful law purposeful no, not purposeful law purposeful and intentional um limitation of like the press and free speech and and stuff like that and um and also US and Venezuela relations are like horrible too so like the US has this tendency you see yeah. we can like do a whole other episode on the US involvement <laughs> in like socialist and, and <laughs> we probably could nations and um the coup the CIA sponsored coup COUP um of of leaders that they did not support mm-hmm. because it affects their capitalist leaning uh things this is getting a bit opinionated but th- these are facts though like the whole okay. stuff like that so um <laughs> you can get into that the US like has this yeah. tendency as i was saying is that to like kind of again like yeah interfere and like point the blame interfere in places where like they themselves were some sort of perpetrator in the situation so in in like again i i mentioned cuba they have had an embargo on their trade with like each other between each other since the 1960s how do you expect a country that you're like right next to to not trade with like the biggest country economically speaking mm-hmm. in the world venezuela i believe also has like sanctions if not currently but in the past made by the us and again that in like not in terms of like geographic location in and of itself but also like the us is like a resource it's this vast part of the world and mm-hmm. not having that as a resource also has those economic implications among that also the the like actual execution of the ideology in these countries and like again their internal um what is like their internal like governments and and um organization and and stuff like that also plays a role but you just can't be too quick to point fingers at like one single thing especially when like in the end like those like these ideals like these socialism and communism are supposed to make everyone equitable and in the end is that really what happened so if if it's not then i i wouldn't think that you should be completely blaming it because it's counterintuitive to what it was put in place for in the first place if that made any sense at all but i hope it did <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no no totally Yeah, so like they were trying to um the whole like point of socialism is for everyone to be like as I said egalitarian like mm-hmm. thinking um like in the very beginning how I said that um but it ended up um turning into a whole bunch of like human rights violations and things that just were not happy uh, the people were not happy um the US also like yeah. suspended immigration into the US from Venezuela I believe and Cuba um so this led to the people having to you know deal with um the um regime um 
change um, and um, how the country was um, leading into um, a whole bunch of other um, good stuff. But like, um, like um, the spread of communism and um, socialism has always been considered a threat, an international threat to the United States for decades. This stems from Russia and China and all of these other things. Um, the whole, um, like the whole of it, um, just um, really comes from. Um, I don't know how to ex- how to um, say this. Um, how to um, has always come from like yeah, not like assumptions sort thinking, of thing. I guess. Um, uh, yes, it always like they always lead it to be mm-hmm. the root cause is socialism as a whole and socialism has a wide scale as well so like that includes communism and now democratic socialism um as donald trump has been um threatening i mean like if you Um, if you really think about it not to cut you off or anything but um, if you really think about it like logistically speaking if you were like this big mm -hmm. country based on capitalist ideals and and you have like these people that are raking in wealth and like jeff bezos and like yeah. people just like that that have like abnormal amounts of wealth and you see an impeding threat directly on mm-hmm. your wealth basically kind of saying that like this is wrong that you have all this money and people are still homeless in the street you're gonna you're gonna go against mm-hmm. it like you're not gonna say yeah like it's it's kind of like human psychology sort of in it like not just like the political and economic thing um and that's why like people when people like tend to say like oh it's like un-american why do you think that is because the american foundations whether you like it or not are based on like consumerism and that capitalist like that nationalist um economic ideal if that makes any sense at all um um and so when you see like these forces like you said that are kind of posing a threat to that very infrastructure that like very few um bourgeoisie i should say Mm -hmm. have have like constructed it's gonna pose a threat and you're gonna Mm -hmm. try to eradicate that threat so yeah and again this is um without my opinion the u.s um in general when it comes to socialism has has had a very like fragile ego um yeah anyone that like opposes them in any regard um with different thinking um as free as this country as this country would like to claim um it all comes like under um like a abrupt i guess and becomes like a ruckus when it comes Mm -hmm. to um other people's like philosophical thinking on how a country should be run and um how like what is successful for the people so like in these scandinavian countries where they believe that all of the people um should be um should have the equal access to all of these things and have equal opportunity and have um equal um labor and land and um all of the things like that um that is what they believe the u.s believes that the people should work for what they earn um and that all like stems from yeah. like this ideological uh, ideological thinking of um from you yeah, know, the very beginning exactly. of how the country was kind of founded um so yeah i, I don't really remember how um uh these scandinavian yeah, countries were run before <laughs> um i don't think this is I don't think this is like a recent change either, but um, under this election, um, 
in this election cycle, it has really been a topic of conversation when it comes to the president and when it comes to Joe Biden and in all these what is considered like leftist views um, for um, politicians. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, I anything would else you'd like kinda, to add? Any final words, um, perhaps? Want to like give like a summary? Because again, like this is such a, a complex conversation. Um, which is a good thing. I'm really glad mm-hmm. we're having it, by the way. Because um, there's just like so many things in it. <laughs> I just want to say, if you were to take away a couple things from this podcast episode, I would say that um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are not socialists or de- or communists. They're really not. They're not trying to take your iPhones mm-hmm. and your wealth. Mm-hmm. So take that as you will. Whichever side mm-hmm. of the political spectrum you are on, just know that mm-hmm. and don't let that dear you um, in an unsavory way. Mm-hmm. And also just remember that this topic is extremely multifaceted, as I would say. It has like a shape with a billion sides mm-hmm. because there's just so many things that involve it. it. You're basically talking about the like the past, present, and future of humanity. This includes like human behavior, how money works, how yeah. power works, and like all these different things are taken into account. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever you're trying to make like a, a, a decision mm-hmm. based on these ideologies, just try to remember that there's just so many things taken into account and try to like um, absorb as much as you can. And then lastly, just remember that yeah. no country is like fully, fully encompassing, embodying um, some sort of ideal and some sort of, uh, of ideology, especially like the U.S., you, it, it may mm-hmm. be more like capitalist leaning, but you also have those socialist programs that we kind of mentioned. Not like necessarily like sponsored by socialism, don't take that the wrong way, mm-hmm. but they kind of are reminiscent of the idol, ideology yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's just, again, everyone putting in something and getting something out of it. So all those different things, all that good stuff. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, and just remember that no one's um, ideological spectrum is wrong. No one's the compass. Um, what's that box called? The political yeah. spectrum thing with like the four squares. The political compass. Yes, no one's political compass is wrong. If you don't know what that is, that's like basically showing where you stand on like how a country should be run. Um, and yeah, it was. So, thank you so much, yes. Emma. This was such a good talk. I hope this was very educational. Um, no, thank you for having me. And I'm yeah, very excited to see what um, else you do so in the much. podcast. So yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you <Yay. Okay>. too. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed that little talk with Emma by little like 50 minutes long. Um, thank you so much for listening to What's New with Nikki. Um, stay tuned every Friday for a new episode about social events um current topics and politics um and yeah follow us on our social media at what's new with nikki follow us on spotify to be notified whenever we post a new episode of the podcast um i hope you continue listening on whatever your plat whatever platform you're using to listen on um and yeah thank you so much